Hello and welcome to the Dr. Jones Podcast. This is episode 78. In today's podcast, we're talking about the wonderful world of fungi, and in particular, the benefit of the medicinal mushroom called lion's mane, a new organic and natural over-the-counter dog and cat cough remedy, preliminary research which is now showing that ferrets and cats can be infected with COVID-19, what this means to you and your pets. Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. I'd, I'd sure appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Lastly, I encourage you to get a copy of my free book. It's at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash news. Medicinal mushrooms. Well, this is part of a separate kingdom, not animals, not plants. They're called fungi. They include things such as yeast and molds, as well as the more familiar mushrooms. Fungi perform an essential role in the decomposition of organic matter, and they have fundamental roles in nutrient cycling and change in the environment. They have been long used as a direct source of human food in the form of mushrooms and truffles. They help red rise. The fermentation of various food products, you know, such as wine, beer, soy sauce. Since the 1940s, fungi have been used for the production of antibiotics. And more recently, various enzymes produced from fungi are used industrially and in detergents. They're used as biological pesticides to control weeds, plant diseases, and insect pests. They're now being used to help clean up oil spills when nothing else will work. They've found there's certain types of fungi that will consume that. I think currently there's an estimated 2 to 3.8 million species of fungi. About 120,000 of these have been described. Mushrooms are estimated to have 140,000 species on earth, among which there are only 14,000 known species. Edible mushrooms, they count for less than 10% of all the known species. I first want to talk about this one mushroom in particular called lion's mane. I was first put onto it because my uncle has a type of involuntary seizure that shows up as a hand tremor. He's tried a few different things, CBD, MCT oil, nothing has been super beneficial. But have done a bit more research and found a number of people have benefited from using lion's mane. I know very little about medicinal mushrooms or fungi in general and all of the benefits that they can potentially provide for us, but also our dogs and cats. So this one mushroom in particular, I'm like, okay, let's do a little a segment on it helps me learn about it helps you guys sort of learn a little bit more about how it potentially could help your own dog or cat so lion's mane it itself it supports improving your cognition your attention memory speech comprehension learning reasoning problem solving and decision making Recent studies confirm support of the digestive system by administration of lion's mane mushroom, but more, more promising is in its ability to stimulate a thing called the synthesis of a nerve growth factor, also known as NGF, which may help inhibit brain dysfunction and age-related loss of cognitive function. And this is you know, directly applicable to our pet, which get cognitive dysfunction or canine cognitive decline. The lion's mane mushroom gets its name due to its long cascading tendrils that resemble the mane of a lion. Legend has it that those who consume the lion's mane mushroom would have nerves of steel and the memory of a lion. Let's just talk about some of the so far documented benefits of lion's mane itself. First of all, with inflammation and oxidation. Antioxidants may fight both inflammation and oxidation in the body. Inflammation contributes to many medical conditions, you know, such as diabetes, heart disease, autoimmune disease. A 2012 study evaluating the medicinal potential of 14 different types of mushroom found that lion's mane had the fourth highest antioxidant activity. Immune function. Lion's mane mushrooms may enhance the immune system partly by reducing inflammation and preventing oxidation. Research on mice suggests that lion's mane mushrooms may boost the activity of the intestinal immune system. The results of another 
Another study on mice indicate that a protein in lion's mane mushrooms encourages the growth of beneficial gut bacteria that strengthen immunity. Anxiety and depression. Extracts from lion's mane mushrooms may be beneficial in the treatment of anxiety and depression. In a 2015 study, mice that consumed lion's mane mushroom extract displayed fewer depressive behaviors and had blood markers that indicated lower depression. The researchers suggest that this is due to the extract's anti-inflammatory effects. The findings of a 2008 animal study support this, with the authors concluding that these mushroom extracts may contain agents that are useful for treating depressive disorders. Cognitive health. It's possible that lion's mane mushrooms might boost cognitive function. In one study, lion's mane dietary supplements appeared to give mice better object recognition and recognition memory. Other researchers have concluded that mushrooms may, may have potential to treat or prevent diseases that cause a decline in cognitive health, such as Parkinson's disease and Alzheimer's. There's not a lot of research on this yet, but really this is, this is so, so key, obviously for us people, but also directly applicable to our dogs and cats that give you know cognitive dysfunction. There's another older Japanese study on adults aged between age 50 and 80 with mild cognitive impairment found that daily consumption of the mushroom extract for 16 weeks led to higher scores on cognitive function scales compared with the placebo group. Wow. Cancer. The antioxidant properties of lion mane mushrooms may play a role in cancer prevention or treatment. Uh, the results of an in vitro study indicate that lion's mane extracts have therapeutic potential against human leukemia. A study using animal models found that these mushroom extracts may also fight liver, colon, and gastric cancer cells. The findings are promising. So I think it's a real key one as well for our animals uh, if we're treating with some of these really difficult to treat cancers. Diabetes. Controlling blood sugar levels is key to managing diabetes. In one study, blood sugar levels in rats with diabetes were lower after they received lion's mane mushroom extract for four weeks. One of the complications of diabetes is nerve damage resulting from prolonged periods of high blood sugar. A 2015 study on rats in which they ingested lion's mane extract for six weeks showed positive results, including lower blood sugar levels, reduce feelings of nerve pain and improved antioxidant activity. Digestive health. Lion's mane may help digestive health by fighting inflammation, which could be beneficial for people and animals with inflammatory bowel disease. The mushroom may also boost immune function in the gut, encourage the growth of good bacteria in the gut. Nervous system recovery. And this one was really sort of exciting to me in terms of I've yet to research and see any other alternative or natural health product be able to do this. So damage to the nervous system can have huge effects on health. You know, some research suggests that extracts of lion's mane mushrooms may encourage nerve cells to grow and repair more quickly. One study showed that rats with nerve damage receiving a daily extract of lion's mane mushrooms had quicker nerve regeneration than control animals. This is huge because I, you really don't have any other sort of conventional options, no other alternative options. Like this is a huge big one. I, I wish I'd been further aware of this uh, when I was in you know, veterinary practice treating some of these animals that have you know damaged nerve cells. Risk and side effects, there, there appears to be very few. Even in animal studies with even high doses, it did not produce adverse effects in the rodents. So what about for doses? Well, there's a, some standard human doses, somewhere about 400 to 800 milligrams twice a day. When we're looking at a sort of standard animal dose, 
about 50 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight once to twice daily. A kind of a maintenance dose, look at once a day. If you're treating a particular health condition, you know, i.e. cognitive dysfunction, maybe we've got a nerve injury, maybe we're trying to treat an animal that has some type of seizure disorder not responding, I'd be looking at 50 milligrams per 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. The second part of today's podcast, a new dog and cat remedy for coughing. Well, this one comes from me actually treating myself and my family with elderberry elderberry syrup while we're dealing with this COVID-19 pandemic, trying to sort of give my body extra things to help potentially and prevent, you know, any type of virus, i.e. COVID-19 from taking hold. But what's in this Suro, it's called, the, the company is called Suro. They make an organic elderberry syrup. And this one was for kids. And it's also really good for dogs and cats. So what, what is in this product? It includes one elderberry, elderberry, elderflower, a tincture that comes from um, beehives called propolis, also known as bee resin, as well as non-pasteurized organic honey, as well as organic apple cider vinegar. So all of these these ingredients, so the elderberry is anti-inflammatory, it's antibacterial, antiviral. The honey is anti-inflammatory, it is antibacterial, really important to help soothe any irritated throat. The organic apple cider vinegar, antibacterial, may have some antiviral, anti-inflammatory properties. Lastly, I forgot to mention the propolis. It has been shown to be antiviral, antibacterial. It also has some sort of throat soothing properties. I've been using it as a spray as well. But all of these ingredients in combination are really key if you're trying to look at sort of what is one easy, over-the-counter, natural cough syrup to use. This is it. So it's fairly easy to get. You guys can just order it in. Not really expensive. When you're looking at doses, you're looking at one teaspoon per 10 pounds of body weight once or twice daily. And I'd be giving that for a maximum of seven to 10 days. And it's something I think, you know, if you've got a dog with kennel cough, this would be a great option. Say you have a cat uh, that has the cat flu, maybe more sneezing, maybe some coughing. This is a great option. Maybe you have a dog that has tracheal collapse. You can sort of intermittently use this when there's really bad flare-ups. Really good option. It's called the Suro Organic Elderberry Syrup for Kids. The last part of today's podcast, uh, this comes from DVM360. An early study results show cats ferrets susceptible to COVID-19. The origin of the novel coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, the causative agent of COVID-19 disease, is not yet completely understood. It's believed that it's have, it originated in bats. Given its zoonotic nature, questions have arisen about whether animals in close contact with people can become infected with the virus. Over the past month, there have been several reports of positive COVID-19 test results in animals that were in contact with COVID-19 positive human patients. You've got the first and second reports came out of dogs infected in Hong Kong. You know, Next, there was a, a cat in Belgium that tested positive. There's been another cat in Hong Kong reportedly tested positive. Then most recently, a tiger in the Bronx Zoo that was sick with the respiratory signs tested positive after exposure to an infected zookeeper. Six other tigers and lions in the zoo were reported to be showing respiratory signs, but they're not tested. All infected animals have recovered or are recovering, except for the initial po- dog that was positive, but he was an aging 17-year-old Pomeranian who had other underlying health problems. A recent study performed at the Harbin Veterinary Research Institute investigated the susceptibility of several domestic animal species to SARS-CoV-2 infection, as well as transmission between members of the species. In a series of experiments, the authors investigated viral replication, transmission between cats, susceptibility in pigs, chickens, and ducks, transmission in dogs, pigs, pigs, chickens, and ducks. 
what they found. So 10 ferrets were inoculated intranasally, though they found evidence of the virus in all 10 of those ferrets. Uh, so I mean, the ferrets are especially susceptible. Cats. Uh, see, they had five cats were inoculated intranasally when they actually swabbed and retested those cats. Um, they were to find evidence of uh, COVID-19 in all of those cats. Three of the cats were housed individually and they were placed next to three uninfected cats. And they found actually one of the cats adjacent to those infected cats also picked up the disease. So they were one able to show on the cats were able to become infected with it, two, they were able to transmit it to other cats. Uh, but they concluded there wasn't enough viral load uh, for those cats to be infective any other animal, i.e. people. And they tested it on dogs and livestock, found there's no transmission. And what did they, they conclude with the study? Based on the results, they concluded that ferrets and cats appear highly susceptible to infection with the novel coronavirus, that it can replicate in the upper respiratory tracts of ferrets for up to eight days. Respiratory droplet transmission of the virus between cats is possible that other animals appear to be uh, fairly non-susceptible, you know, such as dog, low susceptibility. So what does this all mean? Implications and future directions. So many questions remain as to the virus's behavior in animals. What is the degree of clinical illness? Can transmission occur between members of the same species? Can infected animals transmit the virus to people? At this time, the CDC is recommending that infected people limit contact with pets until more is understood about this virus. The results of this study, combined with the recent reports of the virus in cats and tigers, suggest that precautions may be especially important for infected cat owners. It is important to note that even though it appears that cats can become infected with the virus, there is no evidence that the virus can be transmitted from a domestic cat to a person. As well too, I mean, this was a lab setting, right? They had to use, you know, excessive number of thousands or millions of virus particles, you know, putting it up the nose of these cats or these ferrets. This is not what would typically happen even within your own house. Ultimately, we need more research, like exactly what's going on here? What is the risk to our domestic animals? Are they going to be a serious source of this infection or not? I think majority of specialists are or the belief that no, this is not going to be the case, especially when they've looked at some of the past SARS research, that I'm going to keep you on top of this and appraised of, it, of this. If anything changes, we'll let you know. But as to date now, we're not seeing your cat as a serious source. If you've got an active COVID-19 infection, you know, obviously limit your contact with your cat. But beyond that, don't worry. Spend as much time as you can with your dogs, with your cat. They are not going to infect you. If you're going to get infected, it's going to be from someone else. Well, thanks you guys for listening to this edition of the podcast. I hope you found it helpful. Any questions or comments, send me an email to podcast at nursechris.com. And if you have, have one leave a comment I'll, I'll also post all these the podcasts on the blog at veterinarysecrets.com forward slash blog thanks for listening it's dr jones